Hello and welcome to a Sunny 16 podcast photography show extra special, part one. On this show, you're going to hear conversations with Intrepid Cameras, Ilford, Alfie Cameras, Solacan, Zone Imaging Labs, Camera Rescue, Flint Auctions, and many more. So, without further ado... everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast live from the little vintage photography stand at the photo show 2022. My name's Aid and I am ably supported by my slightly less technical than I would prefer sound recordist colleague Graham. Unbelievable, <laughs> he's ruining everything and I'm making this work. Uh, we seem to be standing here with a wireless mic in a tangle of cables which is an interesting concept. But so far, the good news is that Rach is doing a really, really good job. She's got loads of people, she's doing demos, and everything's good. I am very impressed by how big this place is. I know it's the same halls as last year, but it seems to be more packed. So it's probably the most people I've ever seen at the photography show, or the biggest number of stalls, anyway, I've ever seen at the photography show. And loads of that is analogue, so let's go explore. Right, we're here at the Ilford Photo Stand uh, with Matt from Ilford. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very good, thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too. It is Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, it's 11.59, so we've only been open for two hours of a three-day show. How does it feel at the starting gate? Very good. It's actually been very busy so far. We've had a good stream, good mix of people, so, yeah, it's been just good to be back. Yeah, it is good to be back. I'm impressed, as I said earlier, by the size of the place this year. I mean, I know it's the same halls as last year, but it seems really busy and there's a really good vibe about the place. Yeah, I mean, there's a good analogue crowd, which is what we obviously like now about this show, um, you know, with the analogue showcase area, but there's lots of different brands, so there's a really good focus this year. What have you got that's exciting for us? We've got lots of stuff that's <laughs> exciting. Um, we've got good specials on our films. We've obviously got a nice range of paper, a lot of chems. We have our uh, pop-up darkroom again, which we're showing. Um, so yeah, there's lots of good offers for people if they want to come and check them out. Well, it depends when this is going out, doesn't it? Imminently, I'm just going to get out tomorrow. So yeah, there's still specials on. Come and have a look. Okay, and I'll tell you what I'm super impressed by is the shoebox size film boxes if that makes any sense everybody you've got delta 400 you've got delta 3200 we've got one of every you've got one of every so so for listeners imagine your favorite ilford film boxes but shoe box sized they're awesome if there's any of them going on tuesday afternoon i'll have a couple yeah they're very fragile but yes they might be available if we want to run off with one at the end of the show cool awesome i'll tell you what have a great show we'll catch up with you later thank you guys see you in a bit We're here now on the fabulous stand of Alfie Cameras. It's an exciting day here, Alfie Cameras, because you've just launched the Kickstarter for the Alfie Titch. I'm morning, Graham. Yeah, we went live this morning on Kickstarter just before 10 a.m., right before the show opened. We've already got some backers, so if you're keen to get an early bird deal, take a look on Kickstarter and, uh, and get yourself an early deal on a Alfie Titch camera. Yeah, so uh, I should probably have said that this is Dave Faulkner, who we spoke to on the podcast a few short weeks ago. Um, so you've got here with you today, Dave, both models of the Alfie Titch? 
That's right, yeah, I've got the basic model and the premium version, uh, both working. And you can have a, have a little play if you come on stand and take a look at the cameras. I'm here both today and tomorrow. Unfortunately, no one's here Monday. Um, and I won't be able to man the stand on Tuesday. So this weekend is your chance to see one firsthand. And these really are worth seeing. I realise that by the time this podcast goes out and listeners are hearing it, it may have been too late already, but these things are tiny and they are beautifully made. As we said in the podcast, you really need to see one to appreciate it. Um, Dave, for those who might have missed seeing them at the show, tell us about the Kickstarter. Um, how long is it running for? And what are people going to find on there? So if you take a look at the Kickstarter, we're running from today for 30 days. Uh, we're looking for backing to pledge to back and make this great little camera happen. Um, you can read about our story, learn about how we've developed the camera so far, uh, see a video of me walking around Guildford talking about the camera and, and pitching it to you guys. And, um, and it's really just, uh, just a background and a really enthusiastic look at how we've got to the stage we've got to and appeal for backers to help us push it and take it to market. It's awesome. Uh, check it out. I really, this camera needs to be seen to be believed. Um, quick uh, sweet check, this is the thing we're going to be doing. Um, on the stand we have a bowl of Cadbury's roses. That's pretty good. I'm going to give that a solid 7 out of 10 for sweets on stand. Well done, Dave. Best of luck with the rest of the show. Thanks so much, Graham. See you later. There you Hi, we're here now with you Hope from Camera Rescue. How are you doing? Good, good. How how is life here now? I, I mean, it's it's a tough week, I guess. Yeah, we it's just uh, early in the show. Saturday morning, no, not quite morning, but still early in the show. I'm really glad to see you guys here. I know you tried to be here last year, but couldn't make it in the end. So it's fantastic, and you've got a great big stand and and a van somewhere I saw as well. Yeah, yeah, the van is uh, over. You know 20 meters that way but it's uh, we have a, a lot of space because obviously we were planning to come originally in 2020 and and it was before brexit so we were planning to bring an outlet here which we do which is like cameras for five pounds or ten pounds and, and and so forth and now we have all the space but uh, <laughs> we can't bring the outlet so, so no but you have got some exciting stuff here on uh, tell us about what's here on the table in front of us so this is uh, Valoi took over uh, four four meters of the booth. Uh, Valoi is a scanning kit that um, makes DSLR scanning easy, and it was actually originally uh, designed or while or imagined while Arild was studying in the UK uh, a few years ago. So it has roots here, even though it was a Norge Norwegian who thought of it. And then just alongside of that, of course, is the, the big camera rescue banners. Um, uh, you know, it says very simply, very nice and clear in plain English, we rescue film cameras for future generations. You know, what, what does good look like for you from this weekend? Um, well, our, our main goal is to... Uh, there's a lot of people still walking by that, oh, film, uh, film cameras, the, does film still exist? Which is very odd when there are like many shops selling film material you know all around us but it, it's still a misconception and and we're trying to make that uh, happen that no one you know trashes their film cameras mainly 
uh, and uh, obviously also meeting all of the, the community that we haven't met from the UK is, is important too. Well, it's brilliant. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes out to talk to us. I, I hope you really enjoy the show. Thank you. Infinitely recursive podcaster, podcasting podcaster. <laughs> Tales from the Magic Box. Henry, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Got it right this time. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, <laughs> I get there every now and again. Uh, walking around, recording literally everything as you go. So you're recording me, recording you, recording you. It's a loop. Uh, everybody smile for the camera. <laughs> That's a terrible cheesy prototype. <laughs> How are you doing, Henry? I'm good. I'm just excited to be here. It's the second time I've been. Mm-hmm. Um, I did come many years ago, but obviously last year was the first time I've come. This year is the first time I've come recording. I just want to meet everybody, see everybody, because I don't get a chance to catch up with all you Southerners too much. No, no, we don't <laughs> allow that. That's the important thing. We have an embargo on that. Um, key question, have you been down to the disabled photographer stand yet? I've just come from there. <laughs> it took me, took me about 20 minutes to find it. Yeah. Uh, Neil... I bumped into pointing me in the direction, but I couldn't see anything yet that I'm interested in. So I'm going to go back later. If there's anything left, I'll have another look, but it's yeah. tricky, isn't it? The disabled photographer, as always, a magnet, but they have put it a long, long way away from the analog photography showcase this year. So, Which is strange, because you would think they would kind of try and keep it all together, but I suppose the more spread out we are, the more we can be devious and get in everywhere. Yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything today that you're particularly excited to see? I just wanted to see Rachel because I've never met her yet and I wanted to just say hello. I really want to talk to the guys at Ilford. Um, I just want to, like I say, meet everybody. I never get a chance to come out and meet people because I'm always on my own. Mm-hmm. So this is a social thing more than anything else. Awesome stuff. Well, I hope you're also going to be around at the bar later for the oh, important stuff. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Henry. Okay, right, well now we're here with Naomi from Intrepid Camera and there are some impressive looking cameras on the stand here. How are you doing, Naomi? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, are you uh, busy today? Are you just, it's still day one, so, uh, you know, still th- a few more days to go, but what does it feel like so far? I would say very busy. Um, I think I've been, I'm here by myself today. Max is coming tomorrow as well, but it's been non-stop, um, which is great. That's what we want. Like, loads of people asking questions, uh, mix of like all sorts of ages, professionals, amateurs. Um, yeah, it's been nice so far. Cool. It's just, uh, you know, I'm just looking around at the, there's all sorts of different stuff. You've got the enlarger, you've got different camera models and stuff like that. So, you know, what are you hoping to achieve this weekend? So, it's it's quite a big show really for us because we basically, we've, we're launching a new website soon. We've done a massive rebrand, so we're debuting the new logo today. Um, and we ha- have also just launched new versions of all of our cameras. So we've got uh, a new 4x5, new black edition, new 5x7, new 8x10. Um, and we've got them all here today. We've got some 4x5s people can buy. Um, but it's, it's really nice to be able to kind of debut in person the new camera models as well. So uh, Naomi, can you tell us uh, in broad terms the differences between the different models you've got here? Yeah, so I mean, Firstly, for the first time ever, all the models of the camera, so all the different sizes, have been upgraded at the same time. So they all have much the same features. Um, the biggest changes is like zeroing guides and click stops. So basically, where you've got like the movements on the front standard, there's uh, 
guide so you know exactly where to line it up and you've got much more control when you're doing movements. There's also click stops um, so it will lock into place so again if you're behind like under the dark cloth focusing you can click the front into place and you know it's like locked down and zeroed. Um, we've also got the controls in the front standards um, have had quite a big upgrade. They're really reinforced because it, it's one of the most used parts of the camera. It can occasionally fail, but it's, yeah, that's super strong now. Um, and the 4x5 has also got removable bellows um, because we're going to be launching bag bellows, which people have asked about for ages. So a lot of the updates are things that our users have been requesting for the last few years. We've taken note and now we can probably finally say that we've added all of those updates and yeah these are definitely the best models of all the cameras um, so we're very excited to be able to debut them brilliant well i tell you what good luck for the rest of the weekend thank you very much and thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us thank take you. care Well, we were wandering the show floor and we came across none other than Stephen Dowling of Cosmo Photo. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? Very well. Very excited. What brings you to the show this year? Uh, so this year, as opposed to last year, I'm not exhibiting in the analogue showcase. Um, but I thought I would come and impress the flesh and pat the shoulders of... Uh, not that face, please. Uh, press the sh pat the shoulders of uh, the people the who flesh. are... Pat the flesh and press the shoulders. <laughs> I mean, uh, six of one, half dozen the other. A little from column A, a little from column B. Um, uh, that, basically, that's what I'm doing here. Okay, well, um, I mean, Graham is in, forming an orderly queue right now for, to have his flesh pressed. Um, so, uh, how goes the many Cosmo Photo projects? Many Cosmo Photo projects. Um, good. Uh, I am just at the end of sending out all the Kickstarter stuff uh, from the successful... Um, but long-winded Agent Shadow Kickstarter. Um, I'm, I'm still getting uh, to the end of the pesky people who didn't fill out the backer report with their addresses, including some members of this podcast. I got mine. Yeah. I've got mine as well, so, yeah, so I'm going to be happy yet. So yeah. That narrows it down. So <laughs> I tell you what, I really enjoyed just the, the whole experience of opening the, the suitcase or briefcase, whichever it is, you know, and, and then I, I loved the graphic novel inside of it as well. That was, um, yeah, brilliant. A really nice experience opening the product. Well, uh, that's very good to hear because uh, those briefcases are now available to buy exclusively from the Cosmo Photo shop um, because the extra stock that I have made um, now that the Kickstarter backers have been have got their hands on it and selling them through the shop. So if you've seen it, if you're interested, perhaps thinking of a Christmas present for someone, um, won't be available in the shops. You can't buy them from Analog Wonderland or Aperture or um, Vintage Camera Hut or any of the other people who start the film. You can only get them from me. So that's my my little uh, commercial plug. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, head over to the Cosmo Photo website to get your Christmas presents. And also the YouTube channel, because you're doing more stuff on YouTube now as well. I am, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, with the help of my good friend and ex-work colleague, John Johnson, who's a, a wonderful um, videographer and cameraman and editor and all-round video whiz kid. Um, yeah, I'm trying to do more, but uh, it's just a, a case of, of finding the time along with everything else as I'm sure you guys uh, are aware I'm sort of in awe of people who are able to do 
like one every week or one every three days, like some some of the people I follow. Um, so yeah, just trying to um, do more, and um, I suppose what people seem to be connecting with is the stuff where it's talking about cameras rather than me trying to do some sort of third-rate um, uh, drama uh, where I, I'm pretending to have a conversation with myself like, like some people. Uh, probably not my best uh, best suit, so I, w I won't hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that sounds like it's all very exciting. Uh, yes, uh, just to let you know that the secret of Sunny 16 is all in the planning. That's how we manage to put one out every week. Graham, do, Graham does all the planning, it's genius. <laughs> it, uh, Graham who called me Simon earlier. <laughs> yeah, that Graham, yeah, yeah. You white guys all look the same to me. <laughs> all right, brilliant. Well, enjoy the show, mate. We'll catch you later. Thank you very much. See you later. Okay, I am now on the Capic stand here talking to Brian about some fairly spectacular film processing machines. Brian, nice to meet you. Is this your first time at the photography show? No, we were here last year where we showed this particular processor for the first time, just to see how the how the water's laid, if you like, on it. And uh, Colento make the, the processor, they came also. And we even had people from the USA come over to look at the processor, because it's innovative and new, kind of. Now, I think we should make it clear that when I say this is a fairly spectacular film processor, this is not the kind of thing that anyone is going to have in their home unless their home is substantially bigger than mine. Can you tell us what it is we're looking here with the Dip and Dunk Roboline 9 Tank Universal Film Processor? Okay, so historically, professional film labs use Dip and Dunk processors to process what it says. You put the film on a hanger, it lifts it up, puts it through the various tanks. This is a new concept, which is robotic, so it gives you a lot more flexibility. The robot picks up each individual hanger individually um, and you can have it chemicalized for two processes with a third as an option. So typically you would have C41 for your color negative, black and white obviously for black and white, um, E6 for transparency. With this processor you can have uh, C41 and black and white chemical in the processor and you can then just, you know, the, the system then knows where it needs to put whatever film it's processing at the time. So you've got a lot of process flexibility. That's incredible. So how many films can this do at any one time? You're looking, with 35 mil, it's probably going to do about 50 film, 50, 35 mil films an hour. But it'll also process sheet film, well, 120 film, 5x4 sheets, sheet, and also 10.8 sheet film, which there is, believe it or not, still a demand for processing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that was, uh, we, heard about this from guys over at Flint Auction said oh have you seen have you seen this massive thing that, really that's the thing because new systems like this coming online yeah. was not a thing as expected how how have you come to be bringing these to the market here well historically we were supplying this similar equipment from other manufacturers they've all now gone by the by Calenta is really the last major manufacturer of photo processing equipment in Europe um, and they saw an opportunity to actually fill the gap because we were being asked for second user hanger processors which we can't get anymore or we can't get spare parts for so they saw an opportunity but put a different slant on it and brought in the you know the more advanced robotic system so they saw an opportunity and here it is yeah and um, you've also got another big machine behind you can you explain what this one is yeah so this is basically an ra4 or black and white paper processor so this is just used for processing you know, prints that have been exposed either by a digital device 
or conventionally from a negative, you know, on a, on, by on an enlarger. And this kind of machine is typically used by small labs and also by colleges and universities who are still, perhaps unsurprisingly, um, training people on what we call affectionately wet, smelly liquids in dark rooms. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, analogue systems, some of the biggest colleges, University College Falmouth, Southampton, London College of Fashion, Royal College of Art, they all have analogue photo departments and they're still buying new equipment, which is nice for yeah. us. That's, oh, it's, honestly, it's nice for everybody because the, yeah. the whole system needs yeah. to keep working. That's fantastic. Well, Brian, thank you very much My for your pleasure. time. Okay, I'm here on the stand of Zone Imaging with one of the friends of the show, James Lane. James, how are you? I'm doing very good. This is the second time you've had a pod here at the photography show. How's it going this year? Oh, it's doing fantastic, Graham. Um, it's changed a lot since since our last um, official podcast. Uh, now global, <laughs> uh, supplying um, a lot of labs, uh, both UK, America, and Europe. I think one in South Korea as well. Uh, uh, more and more people are using it. Now I can't even keep up and I'm having to get an employee to do it for me. <laughs> that sounds like a fantastic place to be. Yeah, I mean, that's been the big change this year, isn't it? That you have now got suppliers globally. Well, not completely globally, but yeah. growing almost every month, it feels like. So um, people who have not been able to try out 510 Pyro before can now get on and have a go with it. Um, how, how are people finding it as you've gone global? What's the response been like? Oh, it's, it's been massive. Uh, there's more and more, you can say, people on blogs, or uh, uh, in, so particularly in Canada and America, have been discovering it and been talking about it. Um, it seems it's now popping up everywhere on Facebook posts, Instagram. Uh, my, uh, I always ask people if they can use the hashtag. That's been rapidly growing. Um, I think we're 4,000 something, way, way over 4,000 now. That's fantastic. And last, uh, this time last year was at 2,000. That's so, pretty good. So yeah. 510 Pyre really it is the hot new thing, isn't it, on the development front? Yeah. And I have to ask this, I mean, you're always working on new stuff. Can we expect anything new anytime soon from Zone Imaging? Oh, new developer, yes. Yeah, so we w wanted to release it this at this photography show, um, you've you Graham, you've tried it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I wanted to release it, but Pete uh, focused so much on expanding Fight Empire uh, around the world. I haven't had the chance to have more developing times for more films, so that's been delayed, unfortunately. But on the bright side, I've had some ideas for pack packaging. Uh, um, Make it more pretty looking than just a bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so all about the marketing, all about the yes. marketing. Well, James, best of luck with the rest yeah. of the show, and we'll see you later. Yeah, see you. Right, we're here now with Sam Cornwell, Sam Solacan, Sam, I don't know, and lots of other names that I saw on some weird and wonderful uh, show passes earlier on. How are you doing, buddy? 
hello Graham. Oh, I mean aid. Sorry, I made that mistake earlier. We're doing very well. This is our best show by far. We can't believe what's happening. Maybe it's our new stand. Maybe it's the corner stand. Maybe it's the puck. Maybe it's because I've got Gemma on the stand. I don't know what it is, but we are doing exceptionally well. Thank you very much. It's looking really good. I'm loving the new catchphrase. No, catchphrase is the wrong word, but I'm not great at marketing. The world's simplest camera. The people have to go a bit hard to do uh, a bit something, anything simpler than the puck. The puck is uh, the puck is the new star of the show, isn't it? And I'm loving the packaging. I'm loving the product itself. Feels like really good quality stuff. Yeah, I don't know uh, uh, how effective that that catchphrase has been, but from my my views on social media and stuff and explaining it to people, it draws people in better. And it was a lot more simple than. The soda can is extreme time exposure capable of capturing the virtual sun, <laughs> which is like a five-line tagline. Now the world's simply camera brings people in, and they want to understand how this industry that they understand, you know, how can something be more simple than your iPhone? Well, let me explain. <laughs> it's pretty great. So I've, every time I've tried to come talk to you today, you've been just absolutely swamped with really interested people. And like for listeners, it is now very much the end of the show floor day. And you know, and this is the first chance I've had to grab you. So, you know, what does that feel like to be that busy? This feels nice because the last two months have been incredibly difficult because we've been shipping out all the uh, Kickstarter rewards and pledges, and we wanted to get everything shipped out before we started offering the puck to retail. Uh, so, it's been a very tight couple of months. So, this income that we're getting from this very expensive show is really welcome. Thank you very much. Oh, cool. Well, I wish you best of luck for the rest of the show. Um, I'm sure you'll be out of stock by the time you leave on Tuesday evening. Good luck. Thank you. I do suspect by, yeah, by Tuesday evening it will be all gone. All the pucks will be gone for sure. Uh, so thank you very much. Nice to see you, Aid. Nice to see you too. Hey, Mission Holly. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Are you, is it you recording? This yes. Thing? You haven't even. You didn't even. Right. I've seen. You were chatting. Shut up. I've seen you about twenty times, like in the corner of my. Like literally, you've been floating around this whole area. You haven't even bothered to come and say hello to me, and now you've started waving that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's an outrage, isn't it? I had a lovely time with Holly earlier, didn't I? Yes, we had a lovely time together. <laughs> hey, Mish. How you doing, dude? You're right. Yeah, I'm alright. Here with the pics later. I've got my Omni lenses as well, but they're hidden away. I don't know if going to. Well, I haven't got any to sell, so. But yes, pixelated. Lots of pixelators to sell. Yeah. But discount prices. And you've had people here, because I said, despite your accusations, I've been ignoring you, but whenever I've wandered past, you've been busy chatting to people. Well, this is why I was just chatting to him, because I have been able to get. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Holly, backing me up there. Um, is it just people coming to. Asking your celebrity, or is it interested in a pixelator? Interested in pixelator. I, celebrity. I literally watched someone take a selfie with you earlier. Yeah, that's true. Celebrity. Yeah. Oh so uh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. off the face of the planet with my, <laughs> my analog world celebrity status. Dropped off or kicked off? Uh, moonwalked away. Con A, con B. And Holly, what are you here doing today? You're here doing a talk. I am here doing a talk. Yes, I 
happily did so well last year that they invited me back to give the same talk again. But I have, it is new and improved. I've like updated it, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously. And, and what is the subject of your talk? Experimental creativity in the darkroom and in your shooting. So basically all the things that most of the middle-aged white guys hate. All the things that don't guarantee you results. <laughs> hey, she's a middle-aged white guy. Can you confirm or deny this? <laughs> Oh no, 100% confirmed, yes. Yeah, we no, to totally not on my, totally not my street at all. He stood at a stand where he, his whole thing is about getting the best out of your negatives and there's me just like, oh, I don't care about dust and <laughs> I'm going to paint all over my prints. But, but, but you say that, uh, the, the product I sell is actually, as we have discussed many yeah. times, I think, ideal for yeah, sorry, you know, people I'm who care. Yeah, good marketing there. Because I'm no longer a brand ambassador. <laughs> he got rid of me and said, oh, I'm going to all over it. <laughs> I couldn't afford her anymore. <laughs> um, this is obviously the analogue spotlight within the analogue showcase at this point, right? Is that how this is being viewed? Yeah, so we... Um... Right, hang on, I need to reconfigure my brain to have that conversation. So, analogue spotlight is our thing that me and Holly and Paul and a group of people and Alicia do we called it that off the back of this being called Analog Spotlight uh, but then when we spoke to the photography show about it we as a collective decided that this would be better having a different brand to, so it, to be less confusing because we're not the organisers of this yeah. at all so because we got our own events that we are organising, if we if this was called Landlock Spotlight, it would look like we organise it and we haven't we haven't well I've not had anything to do with organising this at all. Yeah. So um, obviously the, the the inaugural Analog Spotlight event that you guys did organise was back in Worcester in May, which was fantastic. We were there, it was great. Um, any news about upcoming stuff yet? So well, we are planning on doing another one. As me and Holly were just talking about, both yeah. of us have had slightly busy lives you've most have been on holiday whenever i've seen you post the payment there has been a lot of holidays over the summer <laughs> not gonna lie um so yeah it, it, and everything with pixelator everything with pixelator is hopefully changing in the not too distant future um i've got a massive omnar lenses project about to kick off um so i just haven't had the brain space i mean me and paul are having exactly you know whenever we find two minutes to actually have a conversation with each other but we, 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 there will be another, there will be another one next year. It's just um, getting our butts in gear, which will inevitably happen. So, I, I will be kicking everyone into gear soon. Now, now that I'm back and up and running, I'm going to be making sure we're getting ready for the next one. I'm really excited to plan the next one. Good. I have more faith in you, Holly, than I do in either you, Hamish, or Paul. <laughs> Middle-aged white guys just can't be trusted. That's Apart from me, I'm the exception that proves the wrong. <laughs> I don't, I don't say to that to him. <laughs> well, on that note, I'll end this conversation. <laughs> Okay, and now I'm very pleased to say we have bumped into Steve Lloyd from Chroma Camera. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Oh, well, we're having a great time. We're working very hard, as I'm sure all the listeners to this podcast will. Oh, um, if Graham would just stand away from the superstructure and stop making rattly noises, that would be even better. What brings you to the photography show this year, sir? Um, I am here as a visitor today, so I haven't got a pod this year. So, But I wanted to come along and catch up with everybody again and see what's happening in analogue world. And just show off what I've got as ever. 
<laughs> well, I'm oh, assuming, you mean, assuming yeah. you mean camera equipment. What have you Maybe. brought? With, what have you brought with you? <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of things. I've got a new camera which I'm working on now, which is a, a 35 millimeter panoramic cube. So that's coming soon. I've also got my new lens, which I've been working with Jason Lane with. So this is a 24 millimeter f11 M39 mount lens. So that will be released. Hope by the end of this month, certainly early October. Um, so that's double glass elements, coated glass optics in a machined aluminium body. Oh, I like that. So you know, and it's very thin as well, isn't it? So you yes. know, um, it's it sticks out from the lens mount. Oh, all of about 15 mil or something uh, like that. It, so it's about six mil thick. That, that's on an adapter. It's on my A7 at the moment. So. The actual lens is about six millimeters thick. Oh, oh right, okay. So, part, so most of what I'm seeing there is actually yeah. the adapter for the camera. Yeah, so I've got an M39 adapter for my Sony A7. So the lens will fit on any mirrorless digital camera as well, or it's native M39 mount for any rangefinders like a thread mount or Russian rangefinders, things like that. So it's a very small, very light lens for a, a walk and snapshot type. Okay, so for anybody wanting a, a, a nice little walk around lens, should be heading off to the Chroma website, should it? Yep, that's Chroma.camera. So they, I'll be sharing more information to the mailing list as soon as they're ready. So they're going to be uh, £99 when they come out. Awesome. And that camera that you've got there, I'm intrigued by this because, as listeners may know, I own the Chroma 612. Yep. And you were telling me, actually, it will work with similar cones so you can even yes. buy swap and you can essentially swap your camera backs now yeah so basically um yeah so i've got the 69 and 612 which are medium format so the six by nine cones so they're slightly smaller than your 612 i've designed a body which takes 35 millimeter film to give you uh, three different frame sizes so you've got the 24 by 24 which is the cube frame size you're 24 by 48 and 24 by 72 for sort of mega panoramics um, and they're just interchangeable lenses so you can use any uh, Mamiya Press large format lenses on this camera as well so you can switch formats. Uh, it's also got a frame counter built into the top so you can keep track because on the smallest frame you get 52 shots so it's a nice frugal way of using your film. Um, the largest frame you get about 18 shots on a, on a full roll as well. So um, yeah this, is, this will be my next uh, cube camera so this is the cube pan and yeah so it's nice and light it's, it's clicky so you've got rewind for standard 35 mil and yeah it's just a nice lightweight way of using panoramic film shooting panoramic film so for anybody that has ever had an urge to put a large format lens on an x-pan yes you're the man to go see yeah i am although this frame this frame is bigger than an x-pan as well so it's oh a... <laughs> that's fighting talk that is i can hear the boys on the i dream of cameras show twitching at that uh... i also don't need to remortgage to buy it <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. Good to see you and enjoy the show. You too, yeah. See you later. Okay, I'm on the Flint auction stand with, I'm going to make sure you see it, Joshua Cole from Flint Auction. Joshua, lovely to speak to you. Lovely to speak to you as well. So you are, as it says in the big sign, a specialist in photographic auctioneering. Um, You've got some truly beautiful stuff on display here. We are very, very proud to see what we have as well. A huge range as well, ranging from as far back as the 1930s right the way through to almost modern day. A huge range of film cameras here, yes sir. And you were just saying that this is stuff that's for an upcoming fine auction, is that right? You're absolutely right. We have a fine auction coming up on November the 17th. But for those at home that don't know what a fine auction entails, what it is, is 
a huge selection. About We're going to look at about 300 cameras. When we say fine, it is the best of the best. Think Leica, Hasselblad, Canon, all the weird kind of lenses that go with these systems as well. And what people can do is they can bid in advance or log onto our website and actually see me with a hammer in my hand auctioneering the cameras off like the good old days. That's what we do. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. Um, as I said, you've got some amazing stuff here. Do you have any personal favourites in the stuff that you've got here at the moment or, or stuff that you've had come through in the past? That's a very hard question to answer. We're so passionate about cameras, we all have our favourites. The favourite I think that we've got at the show at the minute, and it's attracting a lot of attention, is actually the gold and snakeskin at Mamiya RB67. I would have thought the golden Hasselblads would have garnered the most attention, but no, I think it's the snakeskin that's doing it. But my personal favourite is after being a Leica man for quite a long amount of time, I may have seen the light, controversial statement there, and I'm a Hasselblad man now. So my favourite camera here, personally, is the black paint Hasselblad 500TM. Yeah. Yeah, you can't beat a classic like that. Um, a lot of our listeners have obviously got a lot of cameras. Can you talk about the process of if somebody's got stuff that they are thinking about selling, how would they go about doing that through an auction house like yours? That's a brilliant question. And a lot of people are not familiar with selling through an auction house, so I suppose it's a, it's a process that people might not know. The best way of doing it is get in contact with us. You can do that either via email, you can do that uh, via our website, you can even come on down to our uh, headquarters in Newbury as well, where our warehouse and offices are. And what we can do is we can come out to you, appraise your items, work out what they're worth, give you a nice valuation, and then we can sell them at auction, which involves collecting them, photographing them, describing them, testing them, and advertising them all across the world to all five continents with a huge portfolio of prospective buyers as well. So really all people need to do is contact us and we do absolutely everything else. Now, the cameras that we talked about that you've got here today for this fine auction might be making people think, well, I don't have a golden Hasselblad and pearl covered Leicas, etc. But that's not all that you take through, is it? That is absolutely correct. So although it would be lovely to only ever have to look at golden Hasselblads all the time, we have, my, my opinion is the best part of the job is going through all of the cameras. And when I say all, I really mean all. Whether you've got a 10 pound plastic camera or a huge collection of a thousand plastic cameras, absolutely every camera is viable for auction and has an inherent utility and cash value. So if you're at home thinking my um, Canon AE-1 might not be of caliber, that is above and beyond what can sell at auction. And there really is no upper limit to what people can pay for any type of camera or camera accessory or lens you could possibly imagine. And it doesn't just stop at analog, we also do digital as well. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my good friend Simon Forster, who stood here next to me and who introduced me to you, is probably going to hate me for saying this, but um, auction houses, real auction houses like yours, are an often overlooked source for people to buy and sell cameras, which means that quite often things go for quite a bargain on there. Ask me how I know. It's because Simon calls me every week telling me about the stuff he buys. So um, if people have never bought auction before, I, people just go to your website or are you part of I know there's a few aggregating websites as well aren't there yes you're absolutely right so the best place to go with us is to, to our website which is www.flitchauctions.com however there are websites like the sale room for example that you could put in film camera and that will show you almost every single film camera for auction in the entire country or sometimes Europe we're not the only ones so that would be the best way of doing it um, so the easiest way to get involved would be simply uh, contact your local auction house Go down and view an auction if you can. All auction houses are open for viewing, so if you see a camera you like, you can go down, have a look at that camera and everything else in the auction, test it, put batteries in it, have a conversation about it. We are also out on lots of photo walks. Um, there's a huge number of ways to get involved. We're also very, very prevalent on Facebook, Instagram, and we go to as many trade shows as we possibly can too. 
This sounds awesome. And you're down in Newbury, so that's not even that far away. So I can just come down and go for a walk and like try out your old Hasselblad. That's what I'm hearing anyway. You're right. <laughs> you absolutely could do that. And the other thing that is also an important part to just touch on with auction houses, obviously people buy stuff at the hammer price. There are fees and stuff that go on that afters, aren't they? So people need to be mindful of that. Absolutely. And there are many auction houses that try to be as opaque as possible about this. We are not like that at all. So when you're buying with us on our website, it will incur 25% plus VAT on top of what you would buy. So for example, if you bid £100, you would spend £130 if your bid was successful. A lot of people say, well, Josh, doesn't that make everything 30% more expensive? Every single person is at the same sort of level. So everyone else has that 30% disadvantage as well. So a £1,000 camera, if you spend £700, there we go. That's how it all kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. So there is always that 25%. However, if you're on other platforms like the sale room, for example, there's a further 5% plus VAT charge to incur. So it's always best to buy uh, an item from the auction house that is selling the goods. Fantastic. And do people need to be, when the auctions are going on, when you're there with your hammer, I presume speaking very rapidly in the manner of an auctioneer, um, do... To, to take part in that, do people have to be physically present, or not physically present, like at that specific time, or is there a way that they can place bids in advance? There are many ways that uh, an individual can place a bid. You can place a bid in advance to the website, you can call the office and place the bid, you can get uh, what's called a telephone bid, where we will call you during the auction, so you have a direct line to someone that's bidding on your behalf. You can uh, go onto our website and bid online, both before the sale and whilst the sale is happening as well. And if you, there is an item that doesn't sell, that you were interested in, you can also contact the office and make an offer after the auction is completed if the item did not sell at auction during the time. So there's about eight different ways to place your bid and let us know that you're interested in an item, absolutely. Josh, that's fantastic. I think, I mean, Simon had already told me about this is a thing that I should be looking into more. And I think it's something that much to Simon's chagrin, I think more people should be looking into as well. Thank you very much for your time, Josh. You're very welcome. And thank you very much for everything you do for the film community as well. (laughs) Okay, and now I'm very lucky to have with me Simon Riddell, good friend of the show. Haven't seen you for, well, actually haven't seen you ever before. It's the first time we've met in person, but I haven't spoken to you for a while. You've been here today doing a couple of presentations. Yeah, two, uh, two talks today, Aid. Um, first one was um, uh, Peak Perseverance, which is uh, essentially you know, a talk that was all about my uh, pursuits up the Cullin Mountain in the wintertime uh, over this, this, this wintertime, essentially. Um, shooting wet plate collodion, which is uh, some some feat. So I was explaining that today. Yeah. Yeah, and sadly I didn't get to see that one, but I did get to see mental collodion, which I have to say, an incredibly powerful talk. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Um, good, good. Good to have bums on seats. But no, it was it was really good. Um, I was feeling really positive about you know the message that I was trying to sort of convey, and um, yeah, like the feedback from the audience was brilliant. And uh, yeah, I feel that I've actually made a difference in, in, in the lives of the people that I've shot and collaborated with and spoken to today. Um, you know, you, uh, there's a couple of guys that just at the end, really genuine, like just all they said was thank you. And I know that it's hit them. So yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I don't really have the right words, um, uh, but it, it hit me as, as hard um, yeah. uh, in a good way, right, in a positive way. Yeah. And the way that you tell the story, you know, in a very raw way, the feeling, yeah, definitely comes through. Um, 
I can't do it justice standing at the side of a show floor just <laughs> chatting after the event but it's great to see you uh, are you here for the rest of the show I'm gonna be here for a couple of hours in the morning and that's it I'm back up north away to sky up a mountain so all good that does sound good actually a way to sky and up a mountain yeah. does I could just imagine you camping by the side of a distillery or oh, yeah, or, a, or, or a mountain or the fairy pools or something it's like not that. as cool as that it's it's gonna be brutal pack weight that I'm going out with now is another 10 kilograms on top of the 20 that I went out with before so it's going to be sort of phase two shooting from within the sort of basin of of this mountain range and then should come away with a, a, a nice you know few plates there and then when it gets you know brutal in terms of the winter coming in as soon as the snow comes down um, then I'm, I'm going to be up there bivying for multiple nights um, with tons of gear trying to, trying to get these plates so it's going to be brutal <laughs> riding a mountain goat no doubt right <laughs> okay well listen it's brilliant to meet you for the first time face to face and uh, thank you very much for talking to us pleasure take it easy And sadly, that was it for our time on the show floor on Saturday. But it was not it for our conversations with people from the film photography community because, as happens after every one of these events, the analog photography crowd moved on swiftly after the show closed to the bar. We will share the conversations that followed there a little bit later in the week. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to find out more about any of the people you've heard on the show, check the show notes. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.